Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am your host, Emma Gunn-Awardner, and I am utterly thrilled and delighted that Dr. Rongan Chatterjee is making a return to the podcast. He's back in this episode, and I couldn't be happier. And part of the reason I couldn't be happier is because the last time he was on uh, to talk about his book, The Stress Solution, I know so many of you got in touch to say how valuable his advice insights and just really listening to him how valuable you found it so I'm glad that he can come back he does have another book out feel better in five and he's really taken it up a notch it really is brilliant and we talk about it a lot in this episode we talk about it in quite some detail it's such a clever concept so easy and it really is five minutes that you can add to your day incorporate into your day and make a really substantial and lasting difference but really weirdly don't ask me why but on the way to this recording, I was thinking, I was on the train and I was thinking, I wonder how Rongan's doing. I wonder how he is. And the reason I thought that is because his profile has really blown up in 2019. He is doing so, so well and deservedly so. And I just wondered how he was managing all of that, given that he does so much. He has so much on his plate and he's really conscientious. He's such a good guy. I just thought, I hope he's not feeling spread too thin. And I think that was what I was sort of projecting when I walked into the interview. I thought, oh, I I hope he's okay. I don't know why I just had this sort of thing. And his podcast, Feel Better, Live More, is doing so, so well. And I just thought, I just hope it's all, like he's he's able to take it in a stride. And I can honestly say the second I saw him, I knew there had been a shift and a shift that was really positive. He seemed so much more centered and self-assured. And so our conversation actually really lingers on this, on how he's become comfortable in his own skin or more comfortable in his own skin. The methods he's used to shut out negativity and noise and remain focused on what's important. And so much more. I learned so much. It was such a reassurance assuring, life-affirming conversation. It really was genuinely lovely to have this chat with Ronkin and I really hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording. Obviously all the links will be in the show notes but let's get straight to it because honestly it's a great chat and I love doing it. So here he is making a very, very welcome return to the podcast. It's Dr. Rongan Chatterjee on The Emma Gunn Show. Dr. Rongan Chatterjee, you're back. I am back. It feels like we were only here, well, it feels like just a few months ago, but it was probably, really a, probably it was a year, I'm guessing. <laughs> I think I might be wearing the same jumper. How terrible. Well, I'm always in jeans and a white <laughs> t-shirt, so it's possibly safe for me as well. <laughs> um, consistency. We like consistency. Although you do have new funky headphones. I do have new funky headphones. Which look great. Thank you. We'll have to get a picture. We'll have to we, we will something. do, yeah. <laughs> They're very Top Gun. They're very Top Gun. Is the new Top Gun not coming out soon? Maverick, April 2020. Oh, you're a fan. I've watched the trailer, okay. <laughs> genuinely. Have you seen the trailer yet? I saw it on Facebook, yes. I've watched it about a hundred times. It's pretty epic, isn't yeah. it? Is that why you've got the headphones on? Yeah, has not, I'm not even plugged into the Come on, get the, get the shades out as well. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love most about that whole thing is that you know that all of the flights now, it is just Tom Cruise. Yeah. There's no fakery. It's just, yeah, I'm going to make Top Gun too and let me do all the flying. You know it's all here. It's pretty epic, isn't it? I like his work ethic. Yeah, so do I. Um, I'm delighted to have you back on the show. There's so much to catch up on. There is. I'm delighted to be back. Honestly, last year we had such a fun chat. So I'm looking for another fun hour of just (laughs) hanging out and chewing the fat. And one of the things um, we talked about so much and you did the brilliant three, four, five breathing technique that we did. And I know lots of listeners have really, really valued that and um, use it consistently to kind of take themselves off the ledge. And when I was thinking about, gosh, what am I going to ask Rongan this time? Like, first question 
And I'm actually going to ask you, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I am good. You know, I'm, I feel in a really good place these days. Mm. Not that I, I guess not that I didn't feel in a good place last time we spoke, mm -hmm. but I do feel as I'm in a much better place than I've ever been. I feel a lot calmer in myself. I feel mm. calmer in who I am, what I'm trying to do. Um, I just feel a lot more comfortable with things. You know, I think for me, when I started off in the media on BBC One about, what are we now? Some start 2020, maybe four to five years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big change. You know, it's a big change suddenly having your own show on BBC One, yeah. trying to showcase a new style of medicine to maybe a skeptical profession. Um, I think I, I've always felt that I need to prove myself mm. and, you know, justify what I'm doing. But I feel I've done a lot of personal work over the last year. We maybe touched on it last year. I don't yeah. know if we did or not, but I, I've really gone deep in that. And I really have spent a lot of time understanding who I am, what makes me tick, what triggers me. Mm -hmm. I've got to say, I feel really good. I feel just very calm and satisfied with who I am and what I'm doing with my life. So I don't mean to give you such a deep answer, but I guess that's generally how I'm feeling these days. I feel really good. Well, I'm delighted to hear it. And also here on the Emma Gunn Show, we're not afraid of feelings um, and emotions. And the reason I had asked is because... I've just seen you sort of skyrocketing, busier and busier, another book, the podcast is going great guns. And from the outside, I thought, I mean, he's making it look really easy, but we know what social media is, it's yeah. not necessarily real. Is he okay? Is he overwhelmed? Um, okay. And obviously that's not the case. <laughs> yeah, look, okay, so you're right, social media, with the best intention in the world, can give people a skewed idea of your life. Mm. Because... You know, the, the reality is, you know, the down bits in my day, I don't tend to post. Mm. You know, I tend to post when I'm doing fun stuff. So I will go for, you know, weeks without posting on Insta stories. Then I'll be in LA for 10 days doing promo for my second book, The Stress Solution. And I'll literally be on it all day, every day. <laughs> and so you could look at that and go, oh my God, this guy's out in LA. He's doing this interview and that interview. And you can, you can, you can certainly perceive things in a different way than actually what is the reality. Look, there have been times over the past year where I have felt overwhelmed, for mm. sure. Um, and I think one of the reasons I'm feeling good at the moment is I've, I've just gone through a process of really looking at what's going on in my life. What are the things that I enjoy? What are the things that are aligned with what my mission is, which is to help as many people as I can, mm. you know, with their health? Um, I... I've really gone deep into that and I've I've cut down on a lot of things that I was doing before. It, it was initially quite hard to do it, but when you have a very clear mission in your head, you know, my mission is to help 100 million people around the world, um, you know, improve their health, mm -hmm. right? I say that with no arrogance at all. I just have seen the power of the media. I saw it when I was on BBC One. I saw how far a message can spread. We've now got the internet mm -hmm. with the books, with the podcast. I really feel that that, is my life goal. Will mm -hmm. I get there? I don't know. But it helps me say yes or say no to certain things. It's either aligned with that or it's not. So mm -hmm. I recently turned down, um, you know, I'm not really set this anymore. I've turned down my own TV series on one of the channels here in the UK, um, which again, a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have turned down. But I looked at it and I thought, is this going to bring me closer to my goal? Is it going to help me empower more and more people to help look after their own health? Mm. I don't think it is. And I've really realized, Emma, that anything you say yes to 
you're saying no to something else. Mm. And I know it sounds so obvious, but I think about that all the time. Everything you say yes to, you're saying no to something else. Mm. And I thought if I say yes to that, I know what filming's like, I know what making TV shows is like, I know the strain it will put on me, I know I'll be away from my wife and kids more. Mm. Um, and it'll also put pressure on me not being able to actually record as many podcasts as I want. And actually my podcast now has become one of the main things that I do. You know, mm. Every Wednesday at 1pm, a new episode goes up. And there's a lot of people who are waiting for it. You'll find that with your own show. You know, people wait for it to come up and it's part of their week. Mm. And I love recording the podcasts. I love getting to speak to all these people around the world who've got amazing stories. I love seeing the impact. Mm. And, you know, I'm very lucky with how many people listen to the show each week. And I sort of feel that I can have more impact by focusing on that podcast mm. and really reaching people in a very deep, engaged way yeah. than I can with a few sound bites on mainstream telly and mm -hmm. I don't know what you think Emma in terms of you doing a podcast as well but one of the things I love about podcasts and I think why yours is doing so well my why mine is doing so well is because I think people are sick and tired of bite-sized watered down edited content I genuinely feel people are craving something deep and authentic mm. um something I, I think about a lot I've recently been with Rich Roll a, a few weeks ago I was in LA uh, I went on. You oh, do remember us talking about this last time when we were fanboy, fangirl, yes, fanboying him. <laughs> I absolutely. I was super lucky to go on his show for the second time. So I spent two and a half hours with Rich on his show. Wow. And then we switched the mics and I recorded him for two and a half hours on mine. None of these have come out as of yet. Um, but we were talking about the power of long form conversation mm. to change the world and how everything that I see wrong in society not everything, but a lot of it comes from the fact that we were just fed little edited sound bites, mm. whether it's in the media on politics, whether it's what, whatever it is, you know, you see something on BBC News, it's just a two minute segment mm. and we can misinterpret people. But when you hear them for an hour, there's nuance there, there's context yeah. there. And I feel very passionately that I've done a lot of telly and I felt, I feel if I wasn't as secure in myself as I currently feel these days, there's no way I would have turned it down. Mm. A few years ago, turning down your own series on one of the main channels, you know, you never would have done that. Mm. Or I certainly wouldn't have done it. Mm. But now I feel confident enough to go, no, that's not aligned with my current values. Mm. So I'm not going to do it. So this is a pretty deep start to the conversation, isn't no, it? No, I love it. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. Because funnily, I had a similar conversation with my brother earlier this year and... Um, it was about content and about the kind of content I was creating, and he just and he said, if it's incongruous, steer clear. If it's not, if if you say it out loud to me, and it doesn't align with who I think you are as a person or who you think you are as a person, then say no to it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. So it's was for you. Was there a tipping point where you felt like I have to draw a line in the sand and figure out what I stand for, because otherwise it could get a bit messy. You know. It's been a series of tipping points, I would mm. say. I, th I don't think I can say it's just been one thing. I think when this one of the earliest um, moments, which I think forced forced me or guided me down this path, was you know when my TV show was out. Mm. So I had a series, two series on BBC One called Doctor in the House, where I would go and live alongside families for four to six weeks. These are families who had problems, they had health problems, they were under GPs, under specialists, most of them, they were on medication and they still weren't getting better. Right. And so the idea was if you spend a bit of time with them, 
can you help improve their health? And I was super, it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, but in each and every single case, I managed to dramatically improve their health. Sometimes you could fully reverse their condition. Other times you would just significantly improve it or get them off their medication, all using lifestyle, right? So mm-hmm. I was really amazed to do it. But when it first came out, um, in both seasons, you know, yes, most of the comments were very supportive, but there was a section on Twitter who were pretty vicious. And I wasn't ready for that. And people around you say, oh, don't read the comments. Well, you know, it's easy to say that. Mm-hmm. But when you're someone who's genuinely, all you were trying to do is help people and you're, you've literally bust your gut with all of these families to try and do something that no other doctor has managed with them before. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got more time, but you still have to work really hard. How can you connect? How can you find out what's going on? I bust my gut from both series for about six months, close to seven days a week, particularly on the second series made all those improvements. And when people start attacking you, mm. I found it really, really hard. But what I have subsequently learned, Emma, is this. The only reason you get affected by what other people are saying is when you're insecure in yourself, mm-hmm. when you've got your own issue. Because when you are fully secure with yourself and who you are, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Mm-hmm. It just is like it comes off you and bounces off you. I wasn't there a few years ago. I'm, I'm a lot... I don't know whether I'm there yet or not, but I'm a lot closer. Mm. I honestly don't find that things on social media bother me anymore. Now, I'm very lucky. I don't tend to get that many negative comments anymore. But if I do, I can now look at it as a dispassioned observer and go, is there some validity to what they're saying? Okay, that's a good point they've raised. Okay, let me think about that. Or are they being quite rude and aggressive? Mm. And I'm thinking, hey, they've probably got an issue in their own life. They're taking it out on me. And I look at them with compassion and sympathy now Mm. rather than frustration. And these are subtle shifts, but they've taken me four or five years of deep work to get to this point. Mm. So I can't think, I can't say there's one particular turning point for me, but it's been a constant Mm. iteration of things. And now, you know, we, we talk a lot about social media and how it can be a force for good, but it can also have a lot of problems with it. Do you know how I currently use social media? I use it, yes, to try and spread helpful and positive information, but I also use it as a mirror. So if something on social media is triggering me, like if I'm getting bothered by something someone's posted or if a comment bothers me, instead of now going external for it, I I use it as a mirror and go, hey, what's going on wrong and what has triggered you about this, right? It's it's a really, it's certainly been the last few months I've been using it like this and I really love it because- I love that. it, It sometimes tells me that, hey, Wrong, and you've been pushing it too hard. You've, been, you've gone to London three times this week. You're not sleeping well. You're knackered. So you're a bit more emotionally reactive. That's why it's bothering you. Or it's telling me, hey, there's some kind of issue that I've not resolved in myself that that's kind of highlighting. Sometimes I can figure out what it is now. Sometimes I can't, but mm-hmm. I just sit with it. So, you know, it's part of that evolution for me. It's yeah. part of that growth. Why? I think being in the public eye has fast-tracked my need for this because I think if you don't do this. I think it will spit you out these days with social media the way it is. Yeah. I think if you have a profile out there, if you're on TV, I think you can get really viciously attacked. Mm. So I had to do it for, for me. But I've also realized as a parent, you know, the more of this work I do, you know, clearing out my own shit, basically, mm. right? The more present I am, the more, uh, the better father I am, the better husband I am, the better daughter I am. And so I am not trying to give the impression that I am perfect. I am not, Mm. but it's a constant, 
it's a constant journey for me. And yeah. for me, it's the best journey there is to take, right? Trying to understand yourself better. Mm. You said, I don't know if you are comfortable touching on it, but you said you've gone quite deep with it. What are the, are there particular pillars that you've thought, right, whether it be meditation or um, a particular ch particular changes that you've made that have enabled you to sort of build this foundation? Yeah, I think I'd have to say that, um, and this is a general point, I think, as well as a point that's relevant for me. One thing I think we're really missing in society today is downtime. Mm. I think it's slowly been eroded away. I think technology is a big part of that. So in the past, we, we would have had times where we were bored or alone with our thoughts. But now you never have to be alone with your thoughts. You can wake up, you can look at your phone, and you could instantaneously just amuse yourself and be amused all day. Mm -hmm. You can have emails, social media content, podcasts, whatever you want constantly coming into your head all day, all throughout lunch, all throughout the evening, and even in bed at night. Mm -hmm. And you have no time alone with your thoughts. And so I think for everybody listening, and I include myself in this as, as someone who needs to take this advice, and I very much do, mm -hmm. I have regular bits of downtime every single day. It's really important. I will always have phone-free time. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been transformative for me because just that time alone, where you have time to process your thoughts, can be hugely beneficial for many of us. So that, I think that's just a general point. And that's why a lot of the recommendations to Feel Better in Five are really simple five-minute interventions mm -hmm. that things you can do in five minutes. And we've all got five minutes, mm -hmm. right? Even the busiest of us have got five minutes, which is the point of the book, really, that we can all do it. But there are little exercises that we can all do to help think about these things. Mm. Uh, these are And these are very practical things that I use with patients, but I also use them myself. So that's a general point. In terms of what have I done, I've also, I've seen someone, you know, I guess the term would be a therapist, but I don't particularly like that term. I think it's quite a loaded term. Yeah. Um, not because I've got a problem, right? But since my dad died, I don't know if we touched on this last time, you know, I cared for my dad for 15 years and dad died six and a half years ago now so you know huge turning point for me you know having been a carer for so long it was forced me to confront a lot of things in my life and really trying to understand who I was was I living the life that I want to live or was I living the life someone else wanted me to live or what society thought was the right life for me mm -hmm. it's something I wrestled with a lot and um there's a guy who's really a close friend of mine who actually I see regularly who we do a bit of work it's called IFS internal family systems mm which is brilliant. I know you, you like Gabor Mate as well, I think. Yeah. And actually, when I, when I spoke to Gabor Mate on my podcast, which... So jealous. Which is, yeah, I was super lucky and still one of my most popular episodes to date. I might need to pull you up on constantly saying that you're lucky, my friend. Okay. Because you do work very hard, thank you. I do, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll, well, we'll come to that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but he, um, he also said in that interview that IFS, he thinks is brilliant and it's one of the... Um, therapies that he thinks actually does get to the root cause of problems very quickly. So again, I didn't have a problem. I don't have an addiction. I don't have any particular thing. I just like getting to know myself better. Mm -hmm. I like getting to know what triggers me and why it triggers me. That's so why I go every few months and have a session. And uh, one thing that came out recently was um, you, you do this process where you sort of, you know, you close your eyes and they take you through a certain process and then yeah, I won't go into it at all, but basically this thought came into my head when I was 12. I was a 12-year-old boy. I was at my school. So I was at Manchester Grammar School, which is a big secondary school in the centre of Manchester. And I basically um, 
I have this recollection of being my interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. So I use my language very carefully. This may not be what happened, but my interpretation is that I was chucked by my friends. So I remember just feeling really worthless, Mm -hmm. feeling low, um, crying basically i think it was 12 mm. uh, you know i was just in maybe first or second year so i was you know uh, in big school basically yeah. uh, and i remember going back to the classroom in tears i tried to morph into a different group of friends and i hadn't thought about this memory for like 25 years or something you know it was kind of literally buried away inside me and what was really interesting about it is in an instant i really i i got so many of my behaviors i was like oh my god so you feel you can be deserted at any time. So what was your strategy is you become a people pleaser. You become the perfect friends. You never put on anyone. Anyone You want to go somewhere? You know, where should we go tonight? You know, where should we, Oh, you guys choose. It doesn't matter. I don't mind. Whatever restaurant, whatever bar you want to go to, you know, it's cool. I'll go anywhere. Even though you end up somewhere you hate, but you'll never say because you don't want to, you don't want to be the one making, um, you know, any requirements or any, or any, you're not making any requests of anyone. Look, there's so much I learned from that, but I'm just trying to summarize that yeah. there was one moment and I don't think that's where it started, but I've been a people pleaser my whole life. I, I would actually go as far as saying now I'm a bit of a former people pleaser. I'm a bit of an ex people pleaser. I, I've kind of, I'm becoming less of a people pleaser as days go on, as I understand where it's come from. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a people pleaser mm. necessarily, but if you're doing that at the expense of your own well-being, that's, and that's what I was doing yeah that's where it becomes a problem. Yeah. That's the disease to please. Yeah. That's when it's a real issue. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting for me as though, again, this is not the work. This is not the sort of stuff I was taught at medical school. Mm. Right. But this is the kind of, these are the kind of conversations I'm having more and more with my patients now, Mm. because if someone comes in to see me, right. And they want to change their diet, let's say, or they want to reduce sugar. Well, here's the thing. They already know that too much sugar is not good for them, Mm. right? But they've they've been struggling. Just telling them that again is not going to get a different result. Mm. It's understanding why they're using sugar in that way or why they're using alcohol in such a way. And often it's compensation. Often they're using it to soothe the stresses that are in their life. Mm. And often that comes from these kind of deep seated emotions and beliefs we have. So I found that a lot of my little compulsive behaviors that I might've had before, um, actually they've just gone away. Not because I've tried to reduce them, but because as I understand myself better mm. and I clear these kind of layers, I, they no longer serve me anymore. Yeah. Right. So I don't do them. But not because I'm trying not to do them. And I think that's the difference. And that's yeah. why in Feel Better in Five, in the, the final section, I split it up into three parts, mind, body, and heart. Mm. I say, and you know, very simply, every single recommendation in the book takes five minutes. Mm. That's all. It's, it's deceptively simple, mm-hmm. but it's all founded on the best and most current behavior sites. That's how you make long-term behavior yeah. change. But I say, all you have to do, there's about 50 recommendations in the book. You just got to choose three. One from mind, one from body, one from heart. Each of them takes five minutes. So that's 15 minutes a day, five days a week. That is it. Mm. So I think it's the easiest, but probably one of the most effective plans that anyone will do. Mm. And what the, the, re- the heart section and the mindset, the body section is all about workouts. There's mm. a, a series of five minute workouts, whether it's strength workouts, whether it's 
yoga workouts, whether it's play workouts, whether it's high intensity ones, there's a ton of five minute workouts that don't need any equipment Mm. to make it super easy. But the mind and the heart sections are very much about taking those five minutes to work on your mental health or work on your heart's health, these Mm. connections, the connections to your friends, connections to your partners, connections to yourself. And the work that I've been doing in my own life has really fed into that because I've seen the power with myself. I've seen the power with my patients. Mm. Like there's one part of the heart section is on forgiveness, right? Mm. Forgiveness, why is the doctor writing a book? Why, why, why am I talking about forgiveness? Well, the reason I'm talking about forgiveness is that I've seen time and time again, some of my patients, there's a case study in the book of someone with high blood pressure. She's had high blood pressure for years. Do you think she was a 45 year old lady? We couldn't get it down with lifestyle. We couldn't get it down. You know, she didn't really want to do medication, uh, which I was totally on board with. Mm. Um, And ultimately it turned out that she was holding onto a lot of resentment with her ex-husband. And as she started to process that resentment, um, you know, through some of these five-minute forgiveness exercises that Mm. I've outlined in the book, her blood pressure went down because she actually processed, she was holding onto this anger that was raising her blood pressure. It was a stressor on her body. Mm. So if we're going to look at what I call 360 degree health, and that's what interests me. Mm. That's why I can't really write a book on one topic. You know, my first book was on the four pillars, food, movement, sleep, and relaxation. (laughs) This book is on, you know, this five minute plan, but it's mind, body, heart, because I think one of the big problems that we all make, and many of these books make, uh, or many of the, the, Many of the errors, not errors is the wrong word, many, one of the reasons why I think a lot of health books aren't sustainable is because they look at just one component of health Mm. and health does not exist in isolation. You know, food now has become a battle between fat and carbs, right? Mm -hmm. But food is much more than fat versus carbs and good health is much more than food. It's a combination of factors. And that's why I think if you do five minutes on your mind, five minutes on your body, five minutes of your, on your heart every day, mm. well, well, actually five days a week is all I'm asking, mm. you will transform your life. That's what I've done. Yes, I've done some deeper work, this IFS work, mm-hmm. right? But I, I only do that every few months. But I do give myself five or sometimes 10 minutes a day where I'll have a think about things. Mm. I'll write some of these thoughts down. It's, do you know what it is? It's respect to myself. It's respect, it's me not putting other people first as me putting myself first now and going no you know what i'm a much better human being mm. when i've nourished myself each day right it's the same analogy you know you're on a plane the oxygen mask comes down you know before you put it on your chart put it on yourself first mm. right and it's a bit of a cliche but that's genuinely how i feel about health and i'm guessing you have a lot of female listeners mm-hmm. who are some of them are mums i'm guessing yeah yeah a lot yeah uh, what i've seen in my practice is that women, again, I'm not saying this in a sexist fashion, I'm saying genuinely as an observation. I see a lot of my female patients. They're so loving, they're so caring, they're the nurturers in their family, they're doing things for other people, except for themselves. Mm. You know, I, I can think of all kinds of patients now who will be, you know, do everything they want for their husband, for their children, maybe for their elderly parents but doing something for themselves. Mm. No, no, they don't have time for that. They almost feel guilty. And I think this book and this program is going to be a real hit with parents and with mums and with busy people because Mm. I've really tried to break down health to make it as simple as possible. 
Mm. It sounds like a gimmick, a five-minute health intervention. It's really not, right? These are the same tips and tools that I use and I've used for nearly 20 years with my patients. Mm. Busy people with busy lives. You can fit this in. Everyone can fit this stuff in. Um, and, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. But it's, you know, I, I'm really I'm really happy with the mind, body, heart. I'm just mm. really thinking, how do I, how do I make this work in a holistic way? And I got mind and body quite early. And I was thinking, what can I describe this? And when I came up with hearts, I was like, oh, I've got it. I think that (laughs) it felt very fresh to me as a different idea about nurturing our hearts. Mm. And there's a bit of a play on words there as a doctor. You know, I I learned about the heart at medical school, but I learned about the anatomy. I learned that it pumps blood around the body. Mm. But hearts have got a different meaning, Mm. right? Hearts have got a deeper meaning that artists and musicians have been singing about and writing about for years, you know, what does it mean to be human? What are these connections that make us feel alive? Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, look, I I could talk about this forever. I mean, I don't want to go off, off track from where you, you, you want to take me with this conversation. No, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. But there is one thing I, I wanted to pick up on, and it's this. So I've been a journalist for nearly 20 years. And although it's been primarily beauty and celebrity, there's always been sort of a bit of crossover with health. And I think in my early career, I probably didn't help the cause because what I would write about, because I got the press releases or the updates or what have you, was fads. And what I have uh, noticed in conversations with my listeners when we speak on email or even in my own life is a sense of such tension around control over my health be it diet or exercise. So it's like, I've got to do this thing, but then I'm not doing that thing, which means I'm letting myself down and now I've got to do this. And so I really appreciate the standard, the position of it's actually really simple. It's just tick, 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 and then get on with your day. Yeah. Whereas I definitely have friends of mine who their, for example, their exercise might be their, like the biggest part of their identity or personality how they choose to exercise. They might be a strength trainer, so I have female friends, and they might literally be defined by and known by how much they can lift, which is great, don't get me wrong, it's not a criticism, but it's just an observation of how there's a lot of tension about, well, I've got to have control over it, so it's going to be me constantly. And me personally, I've taken a real step back from it recently. And it's been such a delightful surprise to know that just releasing that pressure valve hasn't hasn't changed anything like I'm still healthy I'm still exercising but I don't exercise or eat or anything with the same amount of oh is this concoction is this cocktail of food correct is that going to counteract what I did in the gym so from your perspective of I wonder if you see that in clinic the confusion I definitely see the confusion Mm. 100% we're we're living in this era of information overload aren't Mm. we where on one hand, it's super empowering. Yeah. And on the other hand, we, we're just, we're overwhelmed with, you know, you talk about health. You could read one health blog that says black is white. Yeah. And the next one saying white is black, right? From from two people you might respect. Mm. They're like, <laughs> they don't even know what's going on. What am I going to do? Yeah. Right? So I think it's a huge problem. And I, actually what I found that I'm doing more and more in my clinic with patients these days is this. They come in. Um, they're concerned about something. They've read up loads on Google, mm. which I've never had a problem with a doctor. I can't, I honestly, I find it, 
I find it weird to, to think that actually our patients wouldn't have read it up on Google. In fact, when I'm teaching doctors, I say, mm-hmm. guys, you should expect that they've read it up on Google. In fact, I ask the question out front. I say, okay, cool. So you're worried about this. You told me what's happening. Hey, can I ask, you know, have you been reading about this on the internet? What have you been reading? What mm-hmm. worries you? Mm-hmm. And then suddenly like, actually, you know what, doctor? I read this blog that told me this might be uh, cancer. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm really worried. If you don't ask, you never get that information. So mm-hmm. you can't address their concerns. Right. So, um, you know, I, I'm always very open about that and I just bring it up. And I'm not one of these doctors who says, you know, you know, your Google search is not the same as my uh, six-year <laughs> medical degree, which I think is one of the most <laughs> condescending memes I've seen out there. Yeah. Uh, I think many patients are actually better informed and empowered on their health than their doctor is. Because actually, if you're suffering from something, of course you're going to go and read every single thing that you can about that. And your doctor may not have. Mm. So I think, yeah, that's fine. You know, that may well be happening. Um But what I often say to them is, look, you've tried to figure this out for yourself, right? And I understand why. And you're a bit confused and you've got all these things going on in your minds. Why don't we try this for the next few months? Why don't you just focus, put all your attention into following what I'm going to ask you to do and let me worry about what the plan should be. Mm -hmm. And I find that you can almost see their shoulders drop when you Mm -hmm. tell them that. It's like, oh, I don't need to read another health block. Yeah. Okay, I'm just Dr. Chatty's gonna now tell me what he thinks I should do. And as long as I'm in agreement with it, I'm just gonna put all that effort and energy that I would have spent reading this stuff, I'm just gonna put it on mm. to what he's asked me to do. And I, I see a lot of big changes happening then. Because I think half the re- what I used to see, people would follow the advice, but they'd also then come out and say, Doc, I was doing this, but actually I've read another blog which says that this is what I should be eating, or that. And I'm like, look, hey, look. And I was always very compassionate about this. I understand you're looking at that. Mm. And I think that doctor may have a point. But I think for you and for your issues, I still think this is the right program for you. Mm. So if you're okay with it, I would suggest that you just park that. If you can stop reading any health blogs, maybe read some fiction or read something else <laughs> that you've not done in years, right? And actually focus on this. Of course, I never shove it down their face. So they say, hey, doc, no, that won't work for me. I want to keep reading. I would never say don't do it, yeah. but I often they go, often they like that. Mm. So I think things are changing. And I, I would say even that's in. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My practice, on my social media feeds and on the messages I get, um, I do think people are changing. I think people, I think wellness and well-being and health, I think, I think things are shifting. Mm. I think we're more aware now, A, how powerful lifestyle is. Mm. Um, but I think we're also recognizing 
that actually it's not about beating ourselves up. It's not about necessarily getting to the gym for one hour, five times a week. Mm. Certainly my whole career, everything I do in the public is about trying to simplify health. Mm. It's about trying to show people it's not as hard as you think it is. It's quite simple. These small changes do add up. Mm. And I've got to say, I mean, that's what I'm really excited about Feel Better in Five. Yeah. Like, I honestly generally don't feel there's a health book out there like it. I think it's it's almost like a health recipe book, right? <laughs> it's it's there are about 50 different recommendations in this book. Right. Now that could be overwhelming, but mm. people only have to choose three. Yeah. I'm saying, look at the 50 if you want, or just choose your three favorite ones mm. and find a part in your day where you can do them every day, mm. five days a week. And, and I, I make it super simple. So, um, but why I'm so passionate about this is if you do this, if I do this every day, if you do it every day, it will literally change your life because it's these small changes when done consistently that make those big impacts. Mm. I say to people, get really, really good at the small things. Yeah. The big things will take care of themselves. And if you say, what's five minutes going to do? I'll tell you what five minutes is going to do. Five minutes a day will start to add up very, very quickly. You can talk to the best people in behavior science in the world. One of them is Professor BJ Fogg, right? He's been teaching at Stanford for about 20 years. Instagram was was invented in his class, right? He set his, his students uh, an assignment, he said, in the future, photo sharing is going to be big. Technology is going to be there that's going to allow it. And he asked his students to, to think of some things. And he's got the original paper where he gave it a grade. He said, yeah, this is going to do really well. Like, he, he's, oh his research has influenced so many institutions mm. that we take for granted, right? And I didn't, I, I'd studied a bit of his work when writing this book. Okay, but actually six weeks ago, I was in LA and I actually he invited me on his two-day boot camp. Oh, wow which is two of the best days I've ever had. Um, and what was really interesting is he looked at what was in my Feel Better in Five program and he said, Ronald, the reason this is such a brilliant program is because everything you've figured out in your clinical practice backs up my 20 years of research. So it's this beautiful coming together that I figured this out as a clinician, right? What really works with people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always was, was intrigued. Why are patients are making a suggestion, but they're not doing it? Right. I was always wondering, why, why is that happening? So I figured out how to get over that. And he's got all the research. And he said, Feel Better and Five, your program is going to change so many people's lives because it's literally founded on behavioral science research. And there is so, there, I've got a little section in the book where the six things you need to do to make a new behavior stick. Mm-hmm. Right? But can I just mention two of them here? Of so I think it's so, these are two of the most important ones. And this is what we always get wrong every January, right? <laughs> The first one is you've got to make it easy. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get a new behavior to stick, we can all do anything for two weeks. You can buy any, you can go into any health, go into any Waterstones, pick up any health book or any diet plan. We can all do it for two weeks yep. and we will lose weight and we will feel better. Yep. The question is, will we still be doing it in two months and two years? Mm-hmm. Most of them, we probably won't be, right? First thing is you've got to make it easy. If you make it easy, you're going to end up doing it. And the, why is that, Right. I'm not explaining this on a podcast yet to anyone, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it out here and see if your listeners understand it. And if not, tell me and I'll change the way I explain it. Okay. But I'm bedding in. Okay. I'm getting comfy. <laughs> right. For a behavior to occur, then this is the fog behavior model. You need three things to come together. Mm-hmm. Motivation, ability, and a trigger. 
Now, let me break that down. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the two, the first two, motivation and ability. Motivation is how motivated you are to do something. Ability is how easy is it to do that behavior. So let's think about this. M- motivation and ability have got a very close relationship with each other. If you are highly motivated to do something, actually, so you've got high levels of motivation, actually, it doesn't matter if it's really hard to do that task, you'll still do it. Right. When motivation is low, if a task is hard to do, you won't do it. Right. The motivation needs to be, uh, the, the ability to do it needs to be high. Mm-hmm. So motivation and ability have this kind of uh, inverse almost relationship mm-hmm. with each other, right? When you are above a certain line with motivation and ability, if you have a trigger, you will do that behavior. Any behavior in your life, Emma, mm-hmm. will follow that strategy. That is basically the recipe for any human behavior. And I expand on it a bit more. Mm-hmm. But this makes sense to people because motivation and willpower are finite. Like, uh, Professor Fogg talks about the motivation wave. Why does everyone start doing their plans for the first week in January, the second week of January? Everyone's motivated. Mm-hmm. Everyone's full of willpower and motivation. But then when it, and there, you know, if the gym. An intention. An intention. And if the gym is half an hour away from your work, you're still motivated, so you will go. Mm. But what happens two weeks in when the euphoria of new year has gone away and you're back to your normal life? Mm. Really? I might just sit in front of the telly tonight and watch Netflix, (laughs) right? That's human behavior. Mm. So therefore, to come back to what we were originally talking about, if you want that behavior to be long-term, you have to make it easy because you have to know motivation is going to run out. Mm. It's not It's not a case of if it runs out, it's when it runs out. Mm. So that's why you need to choose behaviors that are really easy. Hence, all the interventions in my new book are five minutes. Mm. Because for most people, it's like, yeah, I've got five minutes, Yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I've got time for five minutes. So you make it easy. That's the first thing. And I've seen this time... And time again, the second thing you've got to do is you've got to stick on your new habit to an existing habit that you're already doing. Ah. Now, why is that important? Over 50% of what you do, Emma, in any given day or what I do in any given day is not conscious thought, it's habit. Right. Right. Yeah. So most of what you do in any given day is habit, right? We, 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 we give ourselves too much credit that we're in control of what we're doing. <laughs> Most of it's just habit. So if you want a new habit to stick, the best way to do it is by sticking it onto something you're already doing that you're not thinking about. So mm. uh, classic time, the classic things that you could do this uh, in the UK, many of us like to put the kettle on first thing in the morning. You know, that's a great place to stick on a habit. So every time your kettle goes on in the morning, right? Uh, or once you've made that cup of tea in the morning, you can do a five minute intervention at that point, whether it's a bit of journaling or a bit of adult coloring in, yeah. whatever it is, you stick it on. And then within days, it becomes a habit. Yeah. For years, Emma, when I had a bit of a coffee habit, we talked um, about we talk, yeah, it's still something I, I'm sort of <laughs> processing. Um, and making your coffee and being mindful. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. what I did for years is I would weigh out my coffee beans, right? Put it in the cafetiere and put the timer on for four minutes. I was quite obsessed with how long it brewed for. But in those four minutes, I did a workout, right? So for years, I did a four-minute strength workout every single morning. Mm. 
I didn't have to find time in my day. It wasn't, am I going to do it? I was never not going to have my coffee. So therefore I was never not going to do my workout yeah. because it just, it became, it glued on. And other times could be just before you go to bed. Mm. It could be as soon as you get on your train to go to work. It could be as soon as you come in from work. Um, so you've got to stick it on to something that you're already doing. Yeah. And, and these little things make a massive difference. I, I, I don't know if I shared this with you uh, last year on the conversation. Did I talk about this five minute workout? I don't think I did. I don't think you did on this one. There's, there's, I think people will really resonate with this. Um, six, or, six or seven years ago in my practice, I had this, he was a chap, 42-year-old chap, came in, a little bit overweight, struggling with his mood, low energy. Right, he, had a few, he had a few issues and we were discussing what we could do and we mutually agreed that he was going to do some strength training. I told him about all the new research on strength training and he was in. He goes, Doc, yeah, I'm in. I'm going to do it. Um, you know, what, what do you think? I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about 45 minutes three times a week. I said, hey, if you could do that, that would be amazing. So he goes out the door full of willpower and motivation, right? He's pumped, mm. right? A month later when he comes in for his follow-up, I said, hey, you know, how are you getting on? How's the gym? His shoulders sunk. Mm. Doctor, ah, you know what? Work's been really busy. The gym's quite far away from work. It's quite expensive. I've not actually gone yet. And he almost felt guilty. He looked guilty. Mm. And I remember in that moment thinking, I did not think, why has he not done what I've asked him to do, right? I thought, I've clearly not given him advice that he feels is relevant in the context of his life. So I remember in that moment, I took off my jacket and I said, right, I'm going to teach you a five-minute strength workout now. I'm going to teach you in my room right now. You don't need to buy any equipment. You don't need to join a gym and you don't even need to get changed. He's like, right. So I taught him it. He's like, yeah, okay, great. I love it. I said, I'd like you to do this twice a week for five minutes. He's like, what, just 10 minutes a week? Mm. I said, yeah, that's all I want you to do. Five minutes twice a week. Can you do that? Yeah, of course I can. Easy. <laughs> so he goes away. He comes back a month later. I said, how are you getting on? Dr. Chastity, I love it. I started off doing it five minutes twice a week. Now I do it for 10 minutes every single day just before I have my evening meal. So now this guy couldn't do 40 minutes three times a week at the gym, right? Which is what, 120 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now by me only asking him to do 10 minutes, he's doing 70 minutes of strength training every single week. Not because I told him to, but because he wants to. And that is the secret. Mm. I've seen this over and over again with patients. That's the secret of the Feel Better in Fire program. It is deceptively easy right? But what you do is when you set the bar low for people, they can do it. Mm. And what happens when you do it is you start to change your identity, right? Because suddenly now, after a few days, he's not the kind of person who, oh, I should be going to the gym. Oh, what am I going to tell Dr. Chastity? I'm not doing, you know, that's a very negative mindset. He's like, I'm, you know, in your head, you're not the kind of person who can stick to a plan. Mm. Whereas you suddenly shift it by asking him to do five minutes twice a week. Within days, he's like, hey man, this is easy. I can do this. I want to do more, right? So he shifts his identity and that's a big part of behavior change. He's now become the kind of person who can make behavior change. And I write in the book about something called the ripple effect. 
one small change like this leads to multiple others like ripples in a pond. Mm. I've seen it over and over again and I've literally pumped maybe 10, 12 case studies in the book. So many to really bring this to life for people. These changes are deceptively simple, but they will make a difference to your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, your relationships, because it all starts with these small changes. They are super, super achievable. And the other thing I'm really proud of, Emma, and it's something that I've seen in clinic over the years, is that people are never going to do something long-term if someone else asks them to do it or tells them to do it. People have got to take agency and control for themselves. And although there are 50 possible recommendations in the book, I say, choose your favorite three. Mm. Choose the three that you want to do. Yeah, all of them will give you benefits, but don't let the choice. This is one of the things I was worried about is, have I given people too much choice? And I really thought about this. I thought, no, I'm going to give people the choice, but I'm going to keep hammering home the points that you only need to choose one from each of the three sections. So Mm. three a day. Mm. And you do the same three every day. Why? Let's say you want to do, there's, there's a workout in there called the classic five workouts, right? So I think it's the best five body weight exercises. I spent literally three weeks trying to come up with this. You, you'll read it, you go, how did it take three weeks to come up with this? Like, but it, I went through about 50 different exercises and I thought, what are the three most, what are the five most important ones that you can do without any equipment? Mm. That was really important to me. As soon as you have to get a pull-up bar or something else, it's something... Oh, I'm not going to do it. Right. What are the five you can do with no equipment at all that can be modified for all ability levels and does the whole body? That was the target I set myself. And so what I call the classic five, right? Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if you, if all you do, I've got so much I want to tell you, but (laughs) like, I know it's mostly female, so this is your podcast, but one of my best mates, right? He's 43, right? Again, slightly off the wall comment, but I saw him and his wife and his kids this summer on the beach. We went to Devon for a weekend and I went with my family, he went with his. And we were playing on the beach and I said, hey, mate, what are you doing? Like, he looked really ripped, right? And like in a way that I hadn't seen him look before. So, mate, what are you doing? He goes, honestly wrong. And all I'm doing is your classic five workout. I've done it every day for the last two months. I'm not kidding you because I, when I came up with it, I... I've been using my patients, but I also I, I tested it with a few of my friends. And they said, mate, that is all I've done. Every day, just before I leave work, before I finish, I just do that five minutes. And honestly, his body is transformed. Mm. The point, the reason I bring that up, five minutes is enough when it's done consistently. Yeah. And that's the key. It's the consistency. Now, the, the interesting thing, what is your starting point? Because a lot of people who listen to this podcast might already be exercising and think, well, if I do just five minutes a day, then I'll be doing a lot less than I'm currently doing. So how can they yeah. incorporate it's a great it? point. So I did cover this in the book. But I say, look, if you've already got an exercise, even if you've got an exercise plan already, mm-hmm. let's say, um, I don't know, let's say one of your lists, what do they, what, I don't know, is it strength training, aerobics? Oh, stuff? a mixture. We've got runners, we've got lifters, we've got the lot. Right. So let's say you're a runner, mm-hmm. right? And you think, well, I already run three or four times a week, right? This program's still going to help you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just uh, finished off that story with my friend. I was about to say his name, but out of respect <laughs> to him, I'm not going to. Um, he cycles to work, right? And he runs at the weekends. And he said, since he started doing that five-minute classic five workout, his running has got faster 
And now when he cycles to work, there's a hill where he used to just find, feel it in his thighs. He can now get to the top of that hill and get to work without feeling it. So actually those five minutes a day mm. has helped him in his other activities that he already does. So we can all benefit from strength, mm-hmm. right? But let's say you're someone who's super stressed at work. You go and do a spinning class at the gym three, four nights a week, right? Well, maybe what you need in, in the body section, the body section is one of the three sections. The body section is about five minute workouts, but there are yoga workouts in there mm-hmm. as well. So maybe you're getting your strength in or you're spinning in, but maybe what you need every evening is five minutes of relaxation. So there are, there are two or I think three five minute yoga flows that have been created mm-hmm to give people those options. So I think it can be, I think, I think this is, it's almost like having your three meals a day. These are your three health snacks every day Mm. that I think will help you no matter what you're doing. Now you say a starting point. Now, although I want people to ideally do one, five minutes from mind, one, five minutes from body, one, five minutes from heart every day from week one, I recognize that for some people that's too much. I say, you know what, if that's the case, start with one section right? Let's say you're struggling with your mental health and you want to do something from mind, uh, whether it's a five minute breathing exercise, five minutes uh, downloading, which is a journaling exercise, mm. whether it's a five minute meditation exercise, whether it's a five minute flow exercise, that adult coloring in mm. fine for the first week, just pick your favorite one, find the habit in your day that you can consistent where you can consistently do it and try it for the first week, mm. build it in. On week two, if you feel that that one's starting to get locked in, add in a second one from a different section. Mm. It is, I'm, I'm not very prescriptive as a doctor. Yeah. It, this is about as prescriptive as I can get. It's a plan. Mm. But I always want people to personalize things. If five minutes is too much, you know what? Start with one minute a day, mm. but do it every day. That's the key. I, genuinely, you want, I would go as far as to say, if, if, it's this, if it's January and you are trying to, um, get fit and start working out more mm. or be more active. I would almost go as far as to say you are better off doing five minutes a day consistently than doing one hour at the gym every Sunday. Right. Because that's what creates the long-term change. You can't, it's very hard to create that habit if it's just once a week or twice a week. And that's why I say to people, even though you may love more than three of these health snacks, mm. and I call all the health interventions, even though it's not foods, <laughs> I call them health snacks in the book choose three and do the same three every day. That's how you lock in a new habit, Mm. right? And just to go back to what we were saying before about motivation and willpower and all those sort of things, the beauty of this is as well, you will have motivation when you start reading this book. Anytime you read a new book or a new Mm. plan, you are motivated. So I say, whether it's the mind exercises or the heart exercises or the body ones, let's say that classic five workout, let's say you want to do that. And it works for women, for men, for elderly people, for young people, right? It doesn't matter who you are. It will work for you. I would say when the motivation is high, learn the workouts. Use that motivation so you can learn it. So that on day five and day six, when you actually your motivation is low, you don't need to look at the book anymore. Mm. You know what it is. So you literally, you come home from work, before you do anything, boom, you literally, you've knocked out the classic five workout and you're done. Mm. That's you done and you, you tick it off. Um, you know, I mentioned the journaling. I've got a, 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 how old was she? 45 year old lady. I think I talk about her in the book. She, uh, high flying, uh, I think she was a barrister, three kids working hard. She had migraines for years and I've been seeing her. We trying to help her. The medication wasn't helping that much. When she did take it, she got a lot of bad side effects. And I strongly felt 
that stress was driving her migraines. And we suggested several things. She would try them. It wouldn't fit. Meditation didn't really work for her. And we settled on, we finally got to um, adult coloring in books, right? And that was the intervention for her that worked. So every morning, what she would do, she'd come down and make a cup of tea. So we would, again, I, I talked her through all of this stuff puts the kettle on, makes a cup of tea. And then before she gets the kids ready for school, before she gets into the madness of the day, she takes herself off. She sits at the table with a cup of tea, pulls out her adult coloring in book and just colors in for five minutes. Mm. Right? That is all she did, but she did it every day. Within days, she's saying she felt her stress levels were coming down. She was a lot calmer with the kids. She was more present for the rest of the day. Um, within about three or four days, her migraines had almost gone. Mm. And I'm still seeing that patient and they've They've gone down by about 80 or 90%. And all she does, or all she started doing was five minutes of coloring in every morning. Mm. And that's the beauty of this plan. That's the the hidden strength of this. It sounds too easy, Mm. right? But when you apply the rules of behavior change, what she has to do, she has to leave her coloring in book before she goes to bed at night, has to be next to the kettle right? Mm. You're not, you're removing obstacles. So you're not coming down in the morning, a bit tired, trying to get ready. You put the kettle on. Oh, where is it? Where is it? Is it like that cupboard? Did I leave it in my bag upstairs? Because all these things, every time you have an obstacle in place, what happens? It makes it less likely you're going to do the behavior. That's why Amazon, right? Many of us shop on Amazon. When Amazon moved to one-click ordering, it is <coughs> estimated that their profits went up by over 200 million. Right? I, I don't quote me on that exact figure, but it went up a lot. Why? It makes sense when you understand human behavior. If before you had to click <coughs> on what you wanted, then you had to type in your card details, then you had to go and type in your expiry, whatever, you all these three or four steps, every time there's another step, is a reason to say no. Mm. As soon as you go, yeah, I want that book, um, one click, boom, it's going to be delivered tomorrow morning. Right, you're done. You're out of there. It's the same with human behavior. You've got to make it easy. So if you want to do that, you've got to keep it somewhere visible. You might keep it next to your bed. Mm. You might on your bedside table. If you've always got a journal and a pen next to your bed and it lives there and you never take it anywhere else, every time you either you wake up or last thing at night, it's easy to do a gratitude practice before you go to bed. It's easy to do five minutes of wind down Mm. when the journal's there. But if it's not there, if you have to go and find it, is it the study? Did I leave it in the living room? <laughs> you ain't going to do it. Yeah. These things sound so easy, right? But health actually can be that simple. That's the point. We've overcomplicated it. Mm. And that's why I'm so passionate. I think this is the most practical book I've written. Mm. I really feel that every person who picks this up, it is going to change their lives because it is, it is that simple yeah. to do. And you say at the beginning of every one of your podcasts, getting healthy has become far too complicated and I aim to simplify it. Yeah. And so this is a simplification. But just from that story, I was thinking um, a lot of us are at high stress a lot of the time and we feel as though it's something that we need to manage constantly. But I have observed with friends, with me, that sometimes when I think about managing my stress, I actually think about a solution that will add on to yeah. what I'm already doing. But actually, from the way that you're describing this um, Better in Five, it's actually about taking away. So even though the colouring book is an addition, it's actually, it's taking away from the the sort of composite picture, as it were, in a way. Yeah, I, mean, I think you, you raise a brilliant point there. So 
I know what you mean. Sometimes, yeah, we want to improve our health by, but by putting more things, we actually add to the stress loads. Yeah, yeah. So the important thing about this lady was she chose the thing that worked for her, mm. right? So someone might listen to this, might go, well, coloring is not for me. Fine. Maybe for you, it's breathing. Mm. Maybe for you, it's meditation. Maybe for you, it's playing a guitar for five minutes. It's about personalizing it for you. It doesn't matter what works for someone else. If mm. that doesn't speak to you, you're never going to do it. In fact, another one of the key rules of behavior change is this. Don't try a new behavior that you don't want to do. If it doesn't speak to you, <laughs> yeah. you are never going to do it long term. Right? It has to be something that mm. you want to do. And that's the point of the, 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 the plan is there are so many options. Choose the one that speaks to mm. you, the one that you really want to do. And here's the other thing about not adding to your stress load is once you've chosen, put the book down and just concentrate on doing that every day for five minutes right? Don't try and think of a new one each time because every time you're thinking about a new one, it's more indecision, it's procrastination. Which mm. one shall I do? Pick your three. There's a war chart at the back of the book, right? And, it, and I want people, I'm going to put it on the website for people to print off, put it on your fridge. We know that one of the ways to make a behavior stick is you need a positive feeling when you've done a good behavior. We love ticks. Mm. We love them. So if every day you're getting your three ticks, that builds momentum because after day five or after day 10, and you've seen all those three ticks, you don't want to do a day where there's just one tick on it <laughs> or where you've got zero ticks. You want to get these done. And also you can fit this into your life where you want. So mind, body, and heart, five minutes from each, right? Well, if you want to do mind in the morning when you wake up, which feels like a natural time to do it, to get you calm for the rest of the day, great. If you want to do body at lunchtime or when you come home from work, which is a quick five-minute workout, mm. you can do it then. Heart you know, where you really connect with yourself or with your partner, or with your friends or with your family, it can be done in the evening, right? But if that doesn't work for you, what if you want to get up? And this is often what I do. I'll do them first thing in the morning. So literally I'll start off and I'll do my five minutes of each, mm. bang, bang, bang. So within 15 minutes of waking up, I've done my whole program and I can go throughout the day not worrying about doing anything about because I know I've done mm. my bits for my health. So you can figure, look, I don't proclaim to know what everyone else's lifestyle is like. I don't know. Everyone's got different pressures. Mm. People work different shifts. They've got different jobs, got different family dynamics. I don't know what works for you, but you can absolutely personalize this to whatever works for you. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And mm. I think that's why it's so effective. And, you know, as I say, Emma, I've been seeing patients for nearly 20 years now and I've seen what works and I've seen what doesn't work. Mm. And my patients will no doubt be just like your listeners. They're busy people with busy lives. And, you know, we are struggling with our health in this country, right? We're struggling with our mental health. We're struggling with our physical health. We're struggling with our relationships, right? Many of the reasons, often the reason with our relationships why we're struggling is, A, we're not feeling good in ourselves because we've not got any time. So we take it out on our partners. Mm. Or when we are with the people we love, whether it's our children, whether it's, for me, my wife or our friends, we're distracted because we're sort of semi looking at our phone mm. and we're also trying to capture the moment for Instagram at the same time. <laughs> and I do this, right? So again, I ain't criticizing, but it's simple things. One of my favorite recommendations in the book is in the heart section. It's the tea ritual, right? And I love it. And it's this whole idea where and my wife and I often do this, you know, after dinner, once the washing up's done, the kids are in bed, before we do anything else, before we then go onto our screens or Netflix or whatever we're going to do, mm. 
sit there, make a cup of tea. Now, for us, it's a herbal tea because I won't have caffeine in the evening. Mm-hmm. I want to sit there for five minutes. It's a tea ritual. And we literally just sit there with a cup of tea with a nice teapot and just chat for five minutes. Now, often that five minutes becomes 10 or 15, mm-hmm. sure. But the requirement is you do it for five minutes. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. And I have seen this with a lot of my friends in their relationships, but many of my patients said it has literally transformed their marriages mm-hmm. or their relationships. It sounds so easy, but we have so many... Uh, so much competition for our time these days. And these phones, I'm not here to demean them. I use my phone a lot, mm. right? But even just having five minutes of dedicated time with your kids or your friends. Uh, that tea ritual, right? I use a case study in the book where actually someone does it with one of her work colleagues uh, every lunchtime. For five minutes every lunchtime, they sit and they won't talk about work and they just chew the fat about what's going on in their lives. But it's a dedicated time that mm. they've earmarked out the same time every day. It's transformed her mental health. These small things matter. They really make a difference when they're done consistently. The vibe I'm getting from you, and it is different from last time, it's so steady. It's almost like I could come up to you and go, Rongan, I'm having a really difficult day. And I'm just, the vibe I'm getting from you is that you're just putting your hands on my shoulder and just saying, it's okay. Just calm down, take a step back. It's going to be all right. That is so the vibe that's coming off you. You know, it's so amazing to hear that, Emma, because like... You know when you, you know when you you make changes in your own life and you're going on this sort of journey of trying to understand yourself more. Yeah. It it from day to day or week to week, it's hard to see things that are different. Mm. But I haven't seen you in maybe a year, mm. so to you it's going to be quite clear. Like what was my vibe and my energy like twelve months ago, and mm. what is it like today? And it's a really nice thing you just said to me because. I do feel calmer. Mm. I still feel just as passionate, but I don't feel quite as, you know, I, before I think my, my energy, my, my passion, maybe some of it was caffeine fuels, but <laughs> it was quite, um, I don't know. I think it feels a lot more grounded passion today. It's like vibration. Yeah. There's a much calmer vibration. That's level. how it feels. Yeah. It just feels. And it's funny, like when I was in America recently um, to do the promo for the stress solution, one of my good friends called Drew, who actually I did a podcast with two weeks ago on friendship, which is just incredible. Um, he said, hey, mate, I'm really noticing a difference with you. I said, what have you noticed? He said, I don't know, you're a big guy, you're a tall guy. So for people who have not seen me and you can't even tell on social media, I'm <laughs> six foot six and a half, so I'm a very tall man. And he goes, in the past when you've been over here, you've almost been a bit apologetic for your heights and who you are and taking up room yes you've made yourself smaller yeah and he said this time mate you're not doing that you're Mm. like owning your space you're owning who you are and it was really hearing that from drew hearing what you've just said Mm. emma it really means a lot to me because it's really nice feedback to me that the things i'm doing internally are starting to show themselves externally to people who haven't seen me for a while Mm. so appreciate that thank you no honestly i can really really feel it and i do feel like me, people listening to the show have just been in safe hands for the past hour, which means, unfortunately, we've come to the end of our time together. But it's honestly, I could talk to you for another eight hours without a break, maybe some caffeine. <laughs> some high-quality caffeine. Some high-quality caffeine. Obviously, um, yeah, genuinely, I mean, look at the list of questions, haven't even really got to them. <laughs> it's just like last time, I guess. We'll just have to do another show very, very soon. We will do. Let's do that. And let's maybe, we're just trying to allow two hours next time yes. or something. And we'll just sit and chat and uh, 
with with some hot drinks. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll have That's... our own tea ritual over, over the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I love it. Um, the link to the book obviously will be in the show notes. I highly, highly recommend it. And you, I think it's really pretty obvious how much passion's gone into it and how not just passion and knowledge and expertise, but the desire for you to have people's back in a very easy way. And you're, you're not putting any pressure on anyone. You're saying, look, it's fine. Just do this. Just try this out. It's very calm. It's very gentle. Oh, I appreciate that. I hope so. You know, that was the goal behind writing it really was to, to really make health appealing, mm. accessible, practical for everyone. Mm. Everyone deserves the right to good health. Mm. And I, I, I certainly hope that this offering in Feel Better in Five for those people who find health a bit too hard, even mm. for those who are really good at one aspect of health, because yeah. many people are, they're good at their fitness. In fact, some of the people who read early copies, one of the really nice things they said to me was like, you know what, I, I, I'm pretty good at working out actually, but I've realized that your whole heart section, I wasn't doing any of that. Mm. And now every evening, um, I either call my mum or I call a friend and this particular person texted me last week to say it's really changed her relationships. And so really makes me happy that even if you're already good at one area, mm. as I said right at the start, we've got to be looking at multiple aspects. And I think I try to simplify as much as I can into mind, body and heart. Yeah. I think you just pay five minutes on each of those a day. I think it will change your life. Yeah, I agree. Link will be in the show notes. I'm going to be uh, choosing something, cocktailing my own mind, body, heart uh, cocktail. Cocktailing a cocktail. Do it. I, I like didn't it. think that's Cocktail. Through. Feel better in five cocktails. <laughs> it's a snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a tapas. I'm going to create myself a mind, body, heart tapas. <laughs> well, Emma, look, thanks for inviting me back on. Honestly, you've got such a lovely manner with people. Aww. And uh, I really enjoy the podcast we did together. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. It's always such a pleasure to spend this time with you. If you want to get in touch with me, please do email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com or slide into my DMs on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you want to chat to me and thousands of other listeners to this podcast, then why not click the link in the show notes and join the Facebook forum. You just have to answer three questions, agree to the forum rules, and we'll welcome you in with open arms and you can chat about all things health, wellness, beauty, fitness, whatever. We can always talk about Keanu too. It's so great to spend this time with you. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the next one. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.